Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, I wonder if you've heard about this phenomenon discovered by some um, sociologists of primal cultures. There's a scenario in which two uh, chieftains, two rulers of, of tribes, essentially destroy each other in rivalrous displays of hospitality. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but here's the scenario. So one chieftain entertains his rival with this lavish display of hospitality, with a great meal and giving gifts and so on. Well, the other chieftain then feels, wait a minute, I've now been put in a sort of disadvantageous position because now I look like I really owe this guy something. And so he responds with an even more extravagant dinner and more extravagant gift-giving. So now the, the original fellow said, well, wait a minute, now I'm in the disadvantageous position. I've got to just go over the top with another show of hospitality. And this goes back and forth until the two societies, the two tribes, basically destroy themselves. Well, curious thing, but it's pointing to, in its own exaggerated way, a reality that we all face. The French uh, sociologist, Emile Benveniste, uh, noticed an interesting etymological relationship between the word hospitality and the Latin word hostis, which means enemy. <laughs> so we speak of hostility, a hostile attitude from hostis, enemy. Well, it's related to hospitality, hostility. <laughs> it's that idea that sometimes our displays of generosity can actually be aggressive, actually lead to rivalry and dissension. Another French philosopher of the 20th century, one of the most influential, called Jacques Derrida, spoke in light of this, of what he called the dilemma of the gift. Here's what he means. In our world, it's practically impossible to give a gift. Now, how come? Well, a gift, by definition, is something that's offered with no strings attached, right? If, if it's a gift, it's just given to me gratuitously. I, I'm not expecting anything in return. There's, there's no uh, string attached to it. However, again, in this world that we actually inhabit, whenever you give a gift, you do at least implicitly obligate the person who receives it. Think of when, when you receive a gift from somebody. It's a, it's a monetary gift, let's say, at, at Christmas time. Don't you feel at least the obligation to respond with a thank you note? In other words, the, the gift comes as a kind of invasion that now awakens in me a need to respond. And see, what that means, Derrida said, here's the dilemma, is that you can never really give a true gift because we're always caught in this sort of demand of exchange. Well, here's the thing, everybody. I think uh, this is largely right. Uh, 
in our fallen, sinful, and conflictual world. I think it is very hard to give a gift or receive a gift without being caught in this kind of obligatory exchange. You know, I'll confess this. It's something very simple, but sometimes let's say around Christmas time and you get a card from somebody, and it's nice, nice card, and here's a card with a check in it. <laughs> you think, well, God bless you. Thank you for the gift, but now I'm obligated to write a thank you note or I'm obligated to respond in some ways. Here's an interesting one, too, people that reflect along these lines. In German, the word for poison is gift, G-I-F-T. Now, it's just kind of a, an accident that the English word gift is the same word for poison in German. It's making the same point that we're caught in these difficult rhythms of exchange and mutual obligation when there's gift-giving involved. Okay. Now, as far as I'm concerned, there is one great exception to this Derridean principle. Who can really, truly, and fully give a gift? God. Why? Because God needs nothing. Our, our praise, our gratitude, anything we give to God adds nothing to God's greatness. God's perfect. Everything we have is, in fact, already been given by God. And so there's nothing he needs in return. God, in other words, can be utterly gratuitous in his giving. Think how often the Bible speaks of God as a giver. He gives creation. He gives a covenant. He gives redemption. He gives his very self in Christ and expecting nothing in return because nothing can perfect him or fulfill him in any way. I've spoken before about love as the willing of the good of the other as other. When I love, I, I will your good. Now, now look at the, the Derrida thing. If I'm willing your good so that you might return something to me, so I give to you that you might now be obligated to me, well, that's not really love, is it? That's just it's indirect egotism. I'm, I'm willing my own good through you. But God can give in this absolutely gratuitous way. God can love purely and absolutely. Okay, all of the above is a preparation for our extraordinary gospel taken from Luke's Sermon on the Plain. So in Matthew's gospel, Jesus gives his great paradigmatic sermon on a mountain. In Luke, it's on a plain, but it's a lot of the same uh, content. I think what Jesus is talking about here makes sense, listen now, only for people who are sharing in the divine life. You listen to what Jesus says and you say, well, look, that's impossible in this, in this world, in this finite, conflictual, sinful world. Yes, quite right. And, and all these people saw it. Derrida got it right. It's, it's impossible to live this way. But, but, if by grace you can share in the very way that God exists and that God loves, then you can live this way. All right, let me show you what I mean. 
Let me show you what I mean. Listen now to this familiar statement, still, I mean, unsettling in its radicality. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Do you see what's happening here, everybody? Love your enemies. Well, what's an enemy? An enemy is someone that doesn't like you, that doesn't love you, is not going to return the favor. In other words, give without expecting return. Give in such a way that there are no strings attached. And the way you test that is by loving your enemies, those who don't like you, they don't love you, they won't respond. That means you're loving with the purity of God's own love. Again, do good to those who hate you. So what do most of us do in the sinful world? I'll be good to you that you might be good to me. I'll be good to those who will return the favor. But that's not what he's talking about. In fact, he's talking about breaking that rhythm. Do good to those who hate you. <laughs> They're not going to respond. Bless those who curse you. So why would I bless someone? Well, then maybe they'll bless me. <laughs> I'll, I'll call God upon you that you will call God upon me. No, no, no. Bless those who are actively cursing you. That way, you're loving the way God loves. Pray for those who mistreat you, Jesus said. How can I do that? I'm going to pray for someone that's mistreating me. Yeah, you should. Because now you're doing so out of sheer love. You know that, that line, that God makes his sun to shine on the good and bad alike? It's the same thing. See, God's, the sun is, is the sun of God's love. It shines indifferently. It's not shining on those who will now shine back. It shines on the good and the bad alike. So must we be who participate in the divine grace. Listen now to this. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from the one who takes what is yours, do not demand it back. What? I mean, this doesn't make a lick of sense. Political, economic, psychological, sociological, right? Doesn't make a lick of sense. Give to everyone who asks for you? No. How about give to, you know, some from whom you can expect a return? Give to some who might benefit you. Give to some who will be uh, creative with what you give them, etc. Right? We put all these restrictions. No, no, says Jesus. Give to anyone that asks of you. And from the one who takes what's yours, do not demand it back. Someone steals something from me? No, in justice, I'm going to steal something back from him. No, 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 don't, don't play that game. Don't get caught in that rhythm. Love as God loves. Now, lest we miss the point, <laughs> so I'm, I'm right at the heart of the Sermon on the Plain now right at the heart of Jesus' message, lest we missed it. Listen, for if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. In other words, don't just operate the way the world operates. You know, I, I, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. I, I'll give to you if you give to me. That's the way the world works. Even sinners do that. No, no. You are to love the way God loves, filled with his distinctive grace. 
Listen now as the Lord uh, sums up this extraordinary teaching. And, and can I recommend everybody, spend a little time here, sixth chapter of, of St. Luke, spend a little time with this teaching. It, it'll change everything if you take it in. But listen now as he sums up. Love your enemies, do good to them. Lend expecting nothing back. Then your reward will be great. Listen. And you will be children of the Most High, for he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. There's Christianity, as far as I'm concerned. What kind of God do we have? Think of how many people, by the way, project our weird kind of sick way of dealing with each other onto God. When will God love me? Well, if I'm, you know, morally impressive enough. When will God love me? If I give him what he needs. That's not the God disclosed by Christ. No, no, it makes his sun to shine on the good and bad alike. It makes his refreshing rain to fall on the just and unjust alike. Again here, he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. What if we lived our lives this way? That means we've been transfigured by grace, that we've been Christified, that we could say with St. Paul, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This is an ethic, in other words, not for this ordinary world. It's an ethic for the saints, an ethic for those who've been filled with the unique grace that God is, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.